0: In this special episode, we're going to share something that came from the mom of a transgender daughter. She wrote it to share with her pastor, with anyone who is trying to sort out the whole transgender thing, trying to understand, to really understand what transgender people and their families go through. I've got to tell you, this is an incredibly powerful story. It is so beautifully written and conveys so well the heart of what it is to parent. A transgender Child.
1: Would it be okay if I were to tell you that I am afraid someday? So I call you up and you call me down. Would it be okay?
0: Well, hello and welcome to the Freed Hearts podcast. Welcome back. Welcome for the first time. We're so glad you're here, aren't we? We are. We certainly are. <laughs> My name is Robert Cottrell. I'm here as always with...
1: Susan Cottrell.
0: And we are so glad you're here. Yay. Um, Again, welcome. Don't forget to subscribe, share, and support. And uh, you can do all of that on the links to the podcast on Buzzsprout or on our website, freedhearts.org. And also, don't forget, if you're on Apple Podcasts in particular, it's really important that we we get uh, five stars. So, if you don't like us, don't rate us. If you love us, please give us five (laughs) stars. Um, That means more than you know in the whole world of algorithms. And also connect with us if you have any questions, things you'd like us to talk about on this podcast, please email us at podcast at freedhearts.org. So we've been talking the past couple of weeks about transgender and gender nonconforming, non-binary issues. And to kind of wrap up this series, we, uh, we kind of want to do something special, something beautiful today, yeah?
1: Yes. Today, I'm going to read something that came from a mom of a trans daughter she wrote it to share with her pastor who's trying to sort out this whole transgender issue. He's trying to understand what transgender people and their their families go through and this is so beautifully written and it conveys so well the heart of what it is to parent a transgender child that I want to read it just as it is and of course she gave us her full permission and blessing to share it.
0: Yeah, but first, you know, I want to say a, l- a little caveat. We hear from people saying this is going too far. If you give permission, People are going to think they're transgender when they're not. Then what? It almost feels like parents are pushing their kids to be transgender or gender nonconforming. So, how far is too far? And we don't hear that a lot. We do hear that some. And so, let me put it this way you have to look at where the harm is being done. The overwhelming harm is from people who don't fit the gender binary, who knew when they were little they were a girl not a boy, or they knew later on that they were not the gender they were assigned at birth. They're the ones being harmed through, and we talk about this a lot, through the depression and all, all of that. The, don't condemnation don't the, the condemnation and the, the othering and the, the being judgment, kicked out. Yeah, all that stuff. And we talk about all these negative effects a lot. They're the ones being harmed, and they're the ones we need to defend. That needs to be our default. Yes. And their supportive families who also have a big challenge ahead of them, we need to support them as well. Now, will there be people who try on being gender nonconforming and then settle back into their previous gender? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Is that horrible? No, I don't think so, especially when the gender paradigms don't fit a whole lot of us or most of us. So we need to default. With those who are being harmed.
1: Yeah, I mean, shifting the paradigm, the gender paradigm, is a good thing. I'm female through and through, as I've always, you know, I've said for so long now. But I'd appreciate people speaking to me from the same assumptions that I know what I'm talking about that men are treated with. We could use a lot of shifting in that gender binary. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, even though wild horses couldn't make me male. Well, have you ever met wild horses? I, I would, mean, wild <laughs> horses are very
0: convincing. <laughs> I'm sorry,
1: I, I would not like it. to, I still, I you know, I'd like to be treated with the respect that men get, but that doesn't make me male. It's the gender binary that is not working for most of us.
0: Yeah, you know, and when people try on a different gender identity, if it's not for them, it won't stick. That's right. You know, so... Your frilly daughter wears her brother's jeans for the day. What's wrong with exploring something new? It's not like an algorithm that's going to make her trans. It doesn't work that way. But I'll tell you what does work is the oppression and the judgment and the shame will make her depressed and all oppressed kinds of things. And, and oppressed. I'm sorry to say, yeah. No. Or, op- oppressed and depressed and all kinds of shame. That will make her that way. Right. So, But it's it's finding... This exploration is really just finding out what's there. And I know it flies in the face sometimes. It makes us uncomfortable. So we need to get comfortable with that exploration. And by the time people get to the, any kind of point of transitioning or of hormones or surgery, they're very sure. Yes. And staying would be much more harmful than we can even imagine.
1: Yeah, staying in the wrong gender for them. And that's, I mean, that's right. why we
0: talk about that. You know, 57% of those who don't have a supportive parent attempt suicide. That and is we a don't, huge number. And we don't have that, these kind of stats that say that, that when people explore and then decide in the future that that they want to— It doesn't
1: really fit them. Yeah,
0: there aren't sui- I mean, stats for that kind of harm being done during the exploration or after. You know yeah, what I mean?
1: It doesn't end up in yeah, suicidal ideation absolutely. or suicide attempts. So we right. must
0: default to love. We must hear and believe what people tell us about their lived experience. So that's not my not-so-little caveat.
1: And that's, that's what it comes down to, is listen to people's lived experience, believe them when they tell you what happened to them, and have empathy and compassion for them. Yeah. That's just what it comes down to.
0: So let's get to okay. this beautiful story, a mother's story of her journey with her transgender.
1: Child. Yeah, so just sit back and let this story wash over you.
0: Yeah, let's let's say that again because I know we I'm riled up, up a little bit. So <laughs> let's all just sit back, breathe, everyone. <sighs> I, th- I, I need to go to the doctor. That's a horrible. I, I was trying to, You're
1: trying to make it audible. <laughs> I'm yeah. not
0: making it very calming, am I? <laughs> so uh, that that's why my version of the calm app didn't uh-huh. really take off. Um, so let's just sit back and let this beautiful story wash over you. So Susan, I'm going to turn it over to you.
1: This is a story from a mother of a transgender child and what their experience is going through this process with their child. Yeah,
0: she wrote it to share with her pastor who's trying to sort out yeah. the whole transgender
1: he's who's trying thing. to understand mm-hmm. because a lot of pastors don't understand or people yeah. what the, what the experience to, yes. is. Right. And so that's what she wrote this for. Yeah, so
0: you're going to read her story Yes.
1: Okay. okay. Go for it. The picture off the wall. One of my favorite family pictures was taken at Christmas in 2012. Brian, Jess, Allison, and I are in front of the Christmas tree with our yellow lab, our chocolate lab, and we're holding nine chocolate lab puppies. I love this picture because I can still see the moment in my head. You can imagine four people trying to hold nine wriggling puppies, (laughs) mama dog nervously sniffing her whining babies, and our yellow lab who wants to sit in the other corner of the room to get away from the chaos. This is one of the happiest moments I can remember as a family. But in the picture, Jess is Josh, my 21-year-old, strong, laughing, broad-shouldered, short-red-haired son. So the picture lays in a box in the attic with all the other pictures. 26 years of family vacations, holidays, graduations, birthdays, everyday days, all hidden away in a box because they are, at this point, too painful for my daughter to look at. Memories painfully locked away, buried deep down in my heart. The Becoming I have a son and a daughter, Josh and Allison. The Physical Becoming Josh, Jess Josh, Jess Biweekly hormone shots and daily medications He, She he, she. Growing out her hair. Teaching her to use a hair dryer. To pull her hair up in a ponytail. Jess, not Josh. Jess, not Josh. Learning how to get the earrings into the newly pierced ears. Painting nails. She, not he. She, not he. The challenge of bra and shoe shopping. Clothes shopping. Jess, Jess. Riding waves in the ocean, and for the first thing you do when you stand up from the wave is adjust your bathing suit top. Hold your dress down in the blowing wind. She, she. All of the things you teach your daughter growing up needs to be learned. With each physical milestone, the sun I knew deep down in my mind's eye fades away. Josh, he, Jess, she. But becoming the authentic person she has always been, but has never been, is so much more than physical. It is also emotional, mental, psychological. Fear of looking like a freak, fear of rejection, fear of never finding someone to love and accept your different looking body, fear of being outed, fear of being fired from your job, fear of using a public bathroom or a gym locker room fear of going to hell, sadness and anger over a missed girl childhood, of a missed lifetime of being a sister, a daughter, tired of being a political issue, a sin issue, a social issue, walking each day with her hand in mind, her heart in mind, her fears, her sadness, her anger, carried together because she cannot carry them by herself right now honored, humbled, exhausted. I have two daughters, Jess and Allison. Family reunion, a wedding, and the elephant in the room. Where should we put Jess? In the room with the boy cousins or the girl cousins. It's granddaughter, mom, not grandson. Jess, dad, not Josh. She, granny, not he. Aunt number one, did you know, as she had surgery, how do you feel? how does Brian feel? How does Allison feel? Is she happy? Aunt number two, did you know as she had surgery? How do you feel? How does Brian feel? How does Allison feel? Is she happy? Repeat, 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 uncle number one, uncle number two, cousins one, two, three, four, five, six, and seven, friends one, two, three, etc. Is she going to be a bridesmaid in Allison's wedding? Brother, sister but the other bridesmaids have only known her as a he will she be a spectacle at the wedding whispers following her down the aisle the golf course the grocery store the restaurant the church the gym life in the community sitting at the table in the restaurant i see them approaching a mutter in my head don't see us don't see us don't see us hi good to see you i haven't seen you in forever I think, do they know about Jess? I hope they don't ask about the kids, or worse, will they ask about Allison and leave Jess hanging in the air, like the elephant in the room, like she never existed? How are the kids? How's Allison? How's Josh? Ah, so they haven't heard. Do I explain? Do I correct? Do I just leave it and say, fine? Santa, the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny, Jesus, and the Church. Two days before Christmas when my daughter Allison was five, she walked into the kitchen and with all seriousness that a five-year-old can have, she asked me, mommy, is Santa real? Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. Is he real or not? I looked at her and in that moment decided I couldn't flat out lie. So I said, no, honey, Santa isn't a real person. Allison burst into tears and ran up to her room. A few minutes later, I went to her room and sat on the edge of her bed. Through sniffles and a catch in her throat, she said, So the Tooth Fairy, the Easter Bunny? Sob, sob, sob. They're not real either. In one moment, her whole fantasy world came tumbling down. So goes my faith, my understanding of the Bible, my confidence in the church, my sureness and security of how I fit into the world, tumbling down. My daughter's transgenderness, her bisexuality, forced me back to my Bible with questions, to the verses in the Bible that I thought had been settled, the truth. It forced me to my pastor, to trusted trusted Christian friends with questions. And I was met with sympathy most of the time. But with the same bottom line, Love the sinner, hate the sin, call sin a sin. Don't let the culture dictate your theology. It's a choice. We're all covered, we're all sin, we all sin, but are covered by grace. Is this her sin? Is my child an abomination? Is this my fault? So I went online to look for other points of view, new resources. What I found was that settled scripture wasn't settled that there is a reason why the church the country the world is so divided on the topics of transgender and sexuality so like the fall of santa the tooth fairy and the easter bunny i was shaken to the core wondering how many other truths aren't so true can jesus be trusted can my religion be trusted can my church be trusted How should I feel about my whiteness, my privilege? Here's some truth I found proximity breaks down prejudice, opens the eyes to see the margins, changes the lens we see the world through. I met Kaya and Caitlin and Rob and heard their stories. I really saw, for the first time, my patients from the inner city, those who are marginalized, to see the hurt my church has caused, my religion has caused, my privileged self has caused. In my mind, I hear over and over the old children's church song. The wise man builds his house upon the rock. Foolish man builds his house upon the sand. Have I called sand rock and rock sand? What once was so clear has become murky with no anchor to hold on to. Grieving alone. I lay in bed crying. I have no son. My son is dead. The grief comes in waves. One minute I'm managing life, doing what needs to be done. The next moment a boy with red hair sits next to me at church and I dissolve into tears. Grief overwhelms me again. I'm at work in labor and delivery and here it's a boy. My eyes fill with tears. My daughter's high school friends are all groomsmen in her friend's wedding. Tears stream down my face. I scroll through the pictures that should have included her. I'm told, your child isn't dead. She's right here in front of you. Be happy. She's happy. She's still the same person. This is not about you. You're not a victim here. But Josh is not here. My stubborn, exhausting, curious, funny, smart, annoying son is not here she is here but he isn't here but she is he isn't so I grieve in silence heartbroken and alone who can possibly understand I have a daughter and her name is Jess
0: wow wow what a story yeah <laughs> yeah there's so much there.
1: There's so much there.
0: I mean, uh, she ends that story about her grief, and I, and I, but don't miss the that there's joy in there too. You know what I mean? I it's mean, the
1: whole. It's the whole gamut.
0: It's the whole thing. But what a powerful, powerful story. Yes. My goodness. Well, I think we could not have wrapped up this. I guess series this third episode on the trans non-gender conforming non-binary community any better yes. you know yes. uh, any more powerfully and as we conclude this the reason that we wanted to share this with you today in particular is because we wanted to invite you to put yourself in the trans person's shoes or in the parents' shoes or the affirming family member shoes, and to experience the best you can, the challenges that they all face in the broader culture. That was this mom's goal in this. And I think she's probably listening, and so thank you.
1: Yes, thank you very much for letting us share this, Yeah, for being the mom
0: you're being. Yeah, you're doing great. You're doing great, thank you. Yeah. I mean, she shares this beautiful experience and that's the gift we have before us to receive is this is a glimpse. This is allows us to try and just get an idea, insight into what this journey, what this experience is like. Yes. And for the the transgender children, the gender nonconforming, nonbinary children, for the parents, for the affirming families, love them well love them well. Be kind. Be kind. Come alongside them. Speak up when it's needed. Be a decent human being, a humane being. As you've said with your book, be the love you want to see in the world. This is our chance. This is the gift that we can give to this community, this beautiful community. And we sure hope you'll do that. We love you with all our hearts. We love you. Bye
1: would it be okay if i were to tell you that i am afraid someday so i call you up and
0: you call me down would it be okay you've been listening to the freed hearts podcast we have extensive resources and vibrant community for you at www dot freedhearts.org just come say hello and if you have questions or issues or comments about the podcast things you'd like us to talk about reach out to us at podcast at freedhearts.org the music is provided by hannah cuttrell our daughter the grammy nominated saint sinner and you can find out more about her at hey saint please share this subscribe and follow on your favorite platform and thanks for listening